Hey everybody, and welcome to Teaching Tax Flows version of Tax Talks. So actually today we brought on board Tyler Austin from REI SIFT way down in Florida. So, you know, I'm, I'm up here in the north in Michigan. Tyler, how's it going, brother? How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm doing fantastic. It's it's getting a little cooler here. I think it was probably in the low 80s this morning. So I'm happy for that. It's been in the hundreds every morning, uh, just melting. So enjoying this changeover to uh, to fall. Hey, you know what? It's like you're rubbing it in, man. You see me wearing a basically a fleece jacket here. It's you know <laughs> your version of chili is a lot different than ours. But yeah, all, all weather aside. Tell us a little bit about REI SIFT, like really what you guys do, the types of clients you guys have, and, and really just just give us an overview of what you guys offer. Yeah, so REI SIFT is a sales and marketing CRM for real estate investors and agents. Uh, what we do is we specialize in uh, really this whole sales and marketing process. So our clients use us in order to find um you know, homeowners that are looking to sell their property or, uh, you know, and we also have like uh, some roofers and really, you know, some mortgages, companies and stuff like that. Really anybody who wants to communicate with a homeowner uh, or market their services, um, you know, they could use REI SIF. But specifically, we have other features tailored in there for the sales process to, you know, real estate agents and investors, because, you know, if someone, for example, makes an offer on a property, they can track that offer inside of REI SIF. So um, where, where we're different than most CRMs is that we integrate with um, all of the marketing platforms like uh, um, uh, like writing mode, call tools, smart dialer, smartphone, air call, like a lot of platforms try to do this whole all-in-one kind of thing, and and we're not really about that. We're like we specialize in the management of the data, which is the prospects, you know, the homeowner addresses, their names and stuff, and then the leads themselves once they convert. And um, so we kind of go against the grain with with how uh, how the process is done, and we kind of follow that Salesforce and HubSpot approach. But for real estate investors, it's like um, a lot different than other CRMs in the real estate space. Awesome, man. And that's good to hear that you guys, in a sense, play nice in the sandbox, right? Your goal is, like you yeah. mentioned, not to do everything. So you're not trying to do everything at 50%. You're trying to do one thing at 100% and then obviously partnering with those others. Um, so really, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask the question of, you know, looking at your clientele or your client base, really, how does taxes really play a part with that? And really, why should they be, in a sense, really paying attention to it? It's around the whole tax planning and strategy, right? Like, why is that so important to them? But then also, do you feel that it's really a missing component in their world or something that, you know, they just need to pay a little bit more attention to? So a lot of our clients um, are are either um, trying to get into real estate, right? Or uh, dabbling and then seeing success, right? Um, we do have a, a good handful of clients that have already successful in real estate and in, in, in realizing the power of REI SIF and then merging it in and adopting as their business for sure. Um, but I bring up the, you know, the difference in our customers because um, each of them experience a different kind of tax problem. Um, you know, the ones that are already at W2 and then they're starting to do real estate on the side, you know, there's little things that they're not aware of. You know, they're used to the government just, you know, or their, their job holding back their taxes and then hopefully getting a rebate at the end of the month all these different types of things. And then they close some real estate deals on the side and then they realize, wait a second, uh, I have to pay money this time. Um, you know, so, um, 
what's what I find um, is really important is 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 the you know what you guys are solving is 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 educating these different phases of the journey of of you know making money and then using the you know the law and taxes as a as a not a negative thing but a positive outlook in how you know you can manage your money to to make it grow really so um, what I find um, hard. Uh, with our with our user base is convincing them to dedicate just the, you know, two hundred and fifty dollars a month or whatever it is, just to to at least get a bookkeeper, right? This is probably where I see the first mistake being: it's like get a bookkeeper at minimum. If you just do that, the, like they'll pay for themselves fifty times over and make your life that much easier to produce something to that profit and loss statement to your uh, to your CPA, so they can you know help you uh, with your taxes in the best way possible and. Um, you know, so I think that's like because our, our our user base has a lot of those individuals that are kind of, you know, still still like working to get deals. They might have a W two. They're not used to getting a bookkeeper for their personal mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, like just educating and getting them to understand. You know, that's the first step at minimum. Um, and then we start getting the people. Okay, now you're making money, right? Um, you've you've closed. You know, uh, sixty, hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand, and now you're breaking into that tax bracket that. You know, especially if you already had a, a decent W two, you've now made over two hundred fifty thousand in your household. Uh, now we're starting to get into some tax brackets that, um, if not, you know, looked at in the right way, or you know, or evaluated at least on a quarterly basis, we're we're doing something with our money, moving our money, you know, investing in different things. Um, you know, and we're not educating ourselves in taxes, then you could very quickly go from making two hundred fifty thousand to only taking home, you know, a hundred thousand or seventy thousand or whatever, depending on you know, what's going on. And, and so, uh, man, it's, it's so important to, to our user base, um, especially as they can, you know, start to make money to, to start digging in and learning the ins and outs of, of taxes. And it doesn't have to be everything all at once, but at least those, you know, baby steps to start making it a, a part of just the way that you live your life. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. And you bring up a couple of great points too. It's, you know, some of your, some of your customers, your client base, they might not be doing it full time yet, but they might in the past, Maybe they're into that transition. Maybe you know, in the in the fishing industry, way way back in a previous life of mine, we used to call some guys you know weekend warriors. Or I think yeah. still in the real estate space, sometimes they're referred to as, as such as well. So really having yeah. tools like which, and this is not a you know not a sales pitch for what you guys offer at all, but just tools like you guys offer at REI Sift, tools like what Teaching Tax Flow offers, they really in a sense start to marry together, and everything will hopefully make that transition easier if somebody's looking to go from a W-2 to possibly being a full-time real estate investor. But then also if they never really intend or make that jump from weekend warrior, part-timer to full-timer, at least everything's set in place where they could maximize any of the opportunities that are out there, correct? Yeah, 100%. It's kind of like, it's just having the toolbox of things that are needed in order for you to make life easier, right? Like, you know, I always like for our clientele, for example, I always tell them, um, hey, like get your real estate license. It doesn't hurt to have and having it gives you more options, you know, to make money down the line. Maybe you stop wholesaling, you know, real estate because it maybe it doesn't align with your core values no more or the just the type of business model you want. But like at least now you can still list properties, you know, and I think pretty much anybody in the world, you know, if the, especially, you know, I guess not the world, but in the um you know, United States should at minimum have like their license because you, everybody knows somebody that buys a house, right? If you're in a W-2 right now and, and and you don't have like a real estate license and, 
you know, somebody wants to, you know, uh, sell their house, a friend or whatever, then you can do that. You can easily add on another 50 to $100,000 a year into your life just by a very, by not trying to be a real estate agent, but by just helping friends out, you know, yeah, it's going to cost you $1,000 a year to maintain that license and some education and stuff like that. But um, the added benefit to that is the fact that now you're practicing real estate, right? And so this adds uh, other tax benefits. And so it's like, it's, it's twofold. Like, cool, I have the ability to make more money, but at minimum, if I get my license and it costs me $1,000 a year, but I have a high income W-2, I can now probably save more in taxes just because I have that that I'm paying. And so the $1,000 I'm spending isn't necessarily uh, or it, a lot of money compared to how much I'm going to save in tax. And of course, I'm not a CPA or anything, so I'm not giving tax advice when I say that stuff. But like, you know, just little things like that by understanding what's possible. You know, you might be making $150,000 a year right now. And this, you know, what I'm for some of my my, my clients that make, um, you know, R and W2s, you know, and I'm like, listen, you might not be closing real estate deals right now or wholesaling, but like just start by getting your license because immediately now, you know, it, you know, consult your CPA, but like you, you now you can, you know, save $20,000 a year in taxes, you know, or whatever it is. I don't know the, the, the numbers, but like, I don't know. It's just like, it power, knowledge is power, right? At the end of the day. And the more that you can add bits and pieces of it, the better it is. And, you know, for our clients doing, you know, multiple seven figures or whatever, it becomes really, really important to um, not just have the knowledge, but lean on people that have way more knowledge because uh, you can't, it becomes a full-time job trying to make sure that you don't, you know, you're, you're not paying taxes, you know, like it's a lot. Absolutely. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not a, you might be a part-timer deviling your foot and, and, and doing something right. But then at the end of the year, you're like, Oh, I wish I would have spent a little bit more, dedicated a little bit more time and resources into making something happen. So if you had to give one piece of advice to anybody looking to get into say the real estate investor space, or even just a wholesaler, you know, somebody looking to, to maybe start, I know in a lot of these Facebook groups, people always ask that question. They're like, what's the first thing that I should do? I know you mentioned getting your license, but what's that yeah. one piece of advice that you would give somebody? Yeah. If someone's looking to just get started, um, you know, I, I think the very first thing to do is just analyze your goals, right? Um, you got to understand what, you, what, what are you coming into it for? Um, and then after that, the second thing would be um, to accept the fact that you need to be patient um, in the process, because if you if you lose patience, uh, then you can make financial decisions that are that are, uh, you know, not to your benefit because you just weren't patient enough. Um, and then the third thing would be um, to keep it simple, stupid, you know, like uh, like manual dial, you know, click to call. Uh, I call this strategy. Um niche sequential marketing, right? So uh, you got three phone numbers for a homeowner, dial all three, you know, think of it like if you're doing it on, on a piece of paper, you know what I mean? Uh, dial each phone number, line out the ones that are bad. Um, if they don't answer, go door knock them, you know, like keep it very simple um, and do that against uh, a niche that you can pull directly from the county, um, be it tax, you know, tax auction properties, your probates or code enforcements, uh, you know, whatever niche kind of like seems kind of sexy to you, go find that list from your county, hold out the addresses, skip trace them, and then just manual dial them, close your first couple of deals that way, and then repeat it again to prove that you can do it. And then after you do that, uh, now expand upon that process. And that's something that, you know, we, uh, we focus on pretty heavily. Awesome, Tyler. Well, thanks for the knowledge nuggets. And, and honestly, thank yeah. you for joining us here on, on Tax Talks, man. We look forward to hearing from you pretty soon and hearing what y'all have done down there at 
REI Sift. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We'll talk soon.